Welcome to the Experience Christian Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We're a church startup based out of Exton, Pennsylvania, committed to giving the community a fresh start with God and with church. Our mission is to help people experience God's love in a practical way. On each podcast, we dive in a little deeper to a relevant topic in our spiritual journeys, which may or may not be connected to the message from Sunday morning. If you have a topic you'd love to hear us consider discussing or have a question or prayer request, just send a text to eccinfo to 94000 or go to our website, experiencecc.org. And now to the podcast. Hi, all. So glad you're with us today. My name is Diane Karshner, your host for today's podcast. And joining me is the senior pastor of Experience Christian Church, Matt Silver. Say hi, Matt. Hi. Thanks for having me, Diane. Good to see you. And joining us today, and hopefully lots of times in the future, is our eKids coordinator here at ECC, Sarah Erner. Hi, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us. Woohoo! How about we start with you introducing yourself? Who are you? What are you doing right now? A little bit about your passion for kids ministry and whatever else you want us to know. Sure. So I'm Sarah. I'm the eKids coordinator, as Diane was saying. Uh, I'm currently still a college student. I'll be graduating in May of this year, which I'm really excited about. I'm studying education, and I also have a minor in biblical studies, um, and I'm at Eastern University, so I've got a lot of other Bible classes on top of that, too. Um, I've always loved kids. I'm an older sister of three, so I've always had those younger siblings and then babysitting, Um, and I taught swim for about three or four years with our good friend Adam, and um, so yeah, I've always been around kids, and I felt like education and and children's ministry was the next step for me. Um, so yeah, that's where that's where I'm at. Um, as far as the uh, kids ministry goes, you know, like I uh, not only was focused so much on teaching, but I love building those relationships and those connections with kids, and so. Um, being with them as they're in the beginning stages of that spiritual formation is so exciting for me. Um, and I just love seeing that at, at such a young age. So yeah, I really enjoy what we're doing at Experience. That's great. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that, Sarah. I think we have a winner on our hands, Matt. Uh, oh, yeah. now. We are very um, fortunate to have Sarah. Our kids love her. That's awesome. If you or any of you are listening, have kids or have friends who have kids who want a little God in their lives, we've got a place for you. Hey, Sarah, how can they reach you? Yeah, so you can email me at sarah at experiencecc.org or I'm on social media. You just look up my name, Sarah Erner, and, and I'll be there. Awesome. So I love you, Sarah, but enough about you. Uh, let's <laughs> dig into our topic for the day. Spiritual disciplines. Oh, sounds a little bit scary or maybe makes you a little bit uncomfortable like it does me sometimes, but discipline never seems to be a word that conjures up warm and fuzzy feelings. Uh, One dictionary definition I read this morning on it was it's training people to obey, which sounds rather harsh and controlling, but when it comes to our journey with God, it turns out that it's a perfect word. Let's start off at a high level and then dig into this thing called spiritual disciplines. According to the learned theologian, Richard Foster, I, uh, I had to practice saying learned theologian quite a few times before I got the words out of my mouth, but he wrote the consummate modern authority on um, spiritual disciplines. He wrote it like 40 years ago and it's been updated and there's an anniversary issue out and the book's called the celebration of the disciplines. Uh, maybe celebration. <laughs> 
that's in a word you can attach to the word disciplines, but hang with us for a few minutes and you might find it totally fitting. Some of the disciplines that he teaches about in his book are meditation, fasting, prayer, study, simplicity. I'm reading the list because I would never remember all these. Study, simplicity, solitude, submission, service, confession, worship, just to name a few of them, quite honestly, for years. (laughs) These just seem to be pretty much a monk's job description, which, you know, was so far from being that. Uh, But since that initial reaction, I can assure you (laughs) I was right, but also horribly ignorant of what they really are all about. So having that little confession off my shoulders, I feel so much better. Let's start with you, Matt. What has been your dive into the disciplines over your studies without going into your current habits just yet? But what was your first intro to these? How do they fit into your personal view of life with God? Are they real? Are they necessary? Why should we care? But get ready, Sarah, you're coming to answer the same question next. So hold on. So Matt, it's all yours. Yeah, the the idea of discipline that I like, I'll start off with, is that aspect of the spiritual disciplines help you arrive at a spirituality or a connection with God that you'd never arrive at short of these behaviors or these habits. And so for me, it's been a very evolved thing. Growing up, reading the Bible felt like something we had to do. When I was young, I was one of the weird kids that listened to the minister when he says, committed people go to Sunday school, they go to church on Sunday morning, they come back to church on Sunday night, and they come on Wednesday night. And I remember he would throw numbers. He goes, there's 115 of you here on Sunday morning. There are 40 of you here at Sunday school. There are 14 of you here at night, and there's six of you here on Wednesday night. And it was like this compulsion of, oh my goodness, if I'm going to be good at something, I'm going to have to give it the time and energy. But it was very forced. And so for me growing up, I did do Sunday school. I did do Sundays and that corporate learning was exciting. And one of the things looking back on that I appreciated was being able to hear the perspective of so many different individuals. There were men in that group. There were women in that group. I was the only teenager there, but there were 20 year olds, 40 year olds, 50 year olds, 70 year olds. And you got to hear how the scripture pertained to everyday life. And that was really appreciative because it was more than just learning these facts and these historical things. It was how do you equate the Bible into your everyday life? And so for me, that was a huge discipline. And outside of that, it was really just prayer growing up in middle school and high school. I, um, outside of those two disciplines, that was it. Spiritual disciplines like fasting and, and solitude and these other practices weren't until I was in college. Wow. And it's interesting, you mentioned that that there was different perspectives, depending upon how old the person was. Mm -hmm. Comment a little bit to that. What did you learn from just watching and listening to different ages uh, comment on these spiritual disciplines? Sure. There was just a, we call them the senior saints of the church. There was just this, they weren't trying to impress anyone. They just talked about how they incorporated the Bible into their life and how they had seen the scriptures be true over a period of decades as opposed to they learned a new concept and are trying it out this week. And that's, that's very fascinating. They didn't just learn the Bible to say, how do I change my life today? It was, had seen the Bible impact and change my life over decades and how it impacted their marriage and their parenting and their grandparenting and even how they solved death, not to be morbid, but as they knew they were getting closer as senior saints, they were just wanting to invest in younger people and they didn't fear it. It was just more of a, yeah, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here and I want to make an impact while I'm here. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, that's probably what makes you the old soul that we know and love. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I thought it was about strict maturity, you know? I, oh, no, I wouldn't put that there. No, <laughs> not a chance. Okay, Sarah, uh, give us your perspective since you're a different age than the two of us. So this should be something that we'll learn right, right now. Go ahead. Yeah, so obviously spiritual disciplines are very real and very necessary. Um, but growing up in high school, it was kind of like handed to me. I was so involved in church and youth group and Bible studies that like, okay, my Bible time is for this purpose, for group. My worship time is when I'm with my youth group, you know, going to worship sessions and things like that. And so it was very like handed to me. And I kind of assumed the same thing would happen going into college, but it was definitely not that way at all. Um, and, you know, when you're in college, you're questioning, like, well, what exactly do I believe and what was I taught about this or that? And I realized that there were still a lot of things that I didn't know, whereas, like, of course, high schoolers think they know everything. And so <laughs> coming from that into a, a Christian school where I'm seeing so many different denominations and different ways to worship um, and a different kind of church service, we have services Wednesday mornings, um, which is super interesting and really made me... Um, have to go to those spiritual disciplines on my own. So that was very challenging, definitely to begin with, um, especially because I felt like a lot of my spiritual disciplines earlier on were just doing good works and calling it spiritual disciplines. And so when I'm not in a space where I can keep doing those good works or not to the capacity I feel like I can, it's it's just service without, without that backing. So yeah, that was definitely um, an interesting time and it's still hard to figure out sometimes as I'm in school um and so thinking about like children's ministry and my parents you know I was raised in the church um and we definitely had the spiritual disciplines of attending church together as a family and I was telling Matt earlier today I would eat my dinner in the car on the way to Sunday night service and my dad was in the band and I would do that and I'd fall asleep on the way home and I only live three blocks away so <laughs> Um, definitely earlier, the better when it comes to, um, spiritual disciplines and it's never too late. Um, but I feel like with kids, we see like those security blankets so often, like when I was a kid, I had my stuffed animals and my blankets and they went everywhere with me. And uh, then as I got older, I was able to let them go. Um, and so I feel like with spiritual disciplines, like having things like the Bible and prayer, like need to become children's security blankets in a way. Um, and being able to carry that with them so that once they are on their own, they may not necessarily need to have something physical, but are still able to continue with their, their spiritual formation as they leave school and, and head into the world. So, Wow. What an interesting perspective. Just thinking about um, a child carrying prayer around with them as their security blanket. What a what a great perspective on that. I just, I'll have to think about that for a while. <laughs> In fact, one of the, one of the um, spiritual disciplines that I worked on from time to time over my years of knowing about them was prayer. And sometimes I held it real tightly and I was really focused and I was very disciplined. And, and then sometimes I just hold it loosely and, you know, whatever. Um, but one time I can remember I was praying about something on the way to something. I was in the car and all of a sudden I realized I was being very disciplined at that moment. I was so proud of myself. I kind of like hooted and my husband's looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm disciplined. I'm so disciplined. I'm not quite sure that's what the spiritual disciplines are really trying to teach me. But at that moment, I felt like 
I had done it right. Yeah. <laughs> it checked the box off. What about I think you guys? Really Have you ever done something silly? That's really interesting to say, like doing it right. Because yeah. I think whenever you're new at something, whether it's weight training or what have you, you're so rigid and you can't trust your intuition, like how you do something. So you're very strict. Yeah. I think the habit of prayer is one of those issues. Like, how do I know how to pray? How do I talk to God? Yeah. And I don't remember if it was Dr. Tony Evans or somebody I listened to on Christian radio. He said, so many of us, we try to impress God with our big words or our theological terms or <laughs> God, listen, to what I read today. And I'm going to, I'm going to blow you away with this. Oh, master creator of the universe. Wait till you hear this. <laughs> And understanding that both are respectable. Some people really appreciate talking to God in more of a liturgical sense or, or a high level of reverency. And others are very relational. And so I love that language in the book where it says disciples are custom made. You know, like if I tried to do Sarah's disciplines or yours, it would lead to disaster. Yeah. And that's why I love that you wanted to do this podcast, Diane. It's awesome. Yeah. Why, thank you. I do sure. come up with some good ideas sometimes. How about you, Sarah? Have you ever done something silly when it comes to uh, learning how to do these disciplines? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> when yeah. I was in school, we would um, go on at youth conferences and youth retreats and typically like meals were either paid for or there would be one meal where like it wasn't paid for. And so everyone was supposed to fast and skip that meal or we'd be like somewhere with a food court and the food court was closed that hour so we just wouldn't eat and so <laughs> usually it was like morning breakfast or lunchtime and so we would just sleep instead of actually having the purpose of fasting and like praying or doing something so we'd all sleep in until like 1 p.m be like whoa we fasted today guys <laughs> and just assumed that we somehow did it right and felt like only because of it <laughs> but as I've gone to school and I've taken like Christian spirituality classes and things where we've dove into what fasting actually is. I'm like, oh, that was definitely not what they meant when they were saying not to skip a meal or, or fast with something. I, Sarah, I'm going to put you on the spot. Today, you shared with us at lunch um, one time that a professor had you do solitude. <laughs> and while you were doing solitude, what happened to your hands? <laughs> so we're, we're in this Christian spirituality class and I'm you know, sitting in silence for what felt like five hours, but it was probably 30 minutes. And I was just so out of it that day. I didn't want to be in that class. I definitely didn't want to be sitting alone with my thoughts. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my hands face down. I'm like, man, I could have sworn my thumbs were on the other side of my hand. <laughs> and so I turned to my friend next to me and he's like, Sarah, just flip over your hands. And I just started crying. I was a mess because I was so distraught about how out of it I was. And that like that long of silence could send me into such a frenzy. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that. And I don't think my class will either. I, th I, I, I think, think solitude I is a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, um, back to you. This week in your message, you compared our spiritual journey to an athlete in training. It was mm -hmm. quite compelling to think of it that way, yet um, an athlete has a finish line. So what does a Christian's finish line look like? Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, because an athlete has a finish line until the next race, right? Yeah. So I guess maybe there's some similarity. I, I think it's a great question because there is no set destination. We can achieve a, we can chase after a goal, but that goal is to become more Christ-like, not to brag about our accomplishment or what have you. So on some respect, it's being, uh, I like the idea of being the healthiest. Like when do you, when are you healthy? 
when are you strong? When are you at this position? When would you consider yourself an athlete? Uh, over the weekend, I asked the question, what's something that you've worked at that you would consider yourself proficient in? And then one other person said, well, I've been doing it for 20 years, but I don't know when I would consider myself proficient. And I think that's interesting with maturity. Like at what point did you consider yourself mature? Are you still pursuing that? And proficiency, maturity, excelling. When Paul says chasing after, part of that's this understanding is this side of heaven, we're never going to achieve our desired outcome. And so there's always going to be this hunger, this thirst to understand who God is or to pursue God more purely or have a heart that seeks after him fully. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it is fascinating. So in some regard, we can get frustrated because, well, we're not growing fast enough. We're not changing fast enough. So is it worth this continual pursuit? And then the answer is, yeah, and <laughs> you're going to keep pursuing it. So you're exactly right. There is no finish line we're crossing and throwing our hands up and being like, we made it. Look how mature we are. We can relax. I like that idea of pursuing health rather than finishing a race. Like yeah. we're constantly, there's always something we can do today to keep ourselves healthy. Um, there's always something we can do to get healthier if we're not completely healthy. So I think that picture is a little bit clearer to me. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? What do you think of that? Yeah, when I used to think of uh, that finish line, and I definitely thought there was for a long time, I thought that it meant maturity and I thought it meant peace. And so I'm a very go, go, go person. So I would be like, okay, I need to read my Bible and I need to do this and I need to serve and I need to do all of these things. And then once I'm at the finish line, I can sit and I can take a deep breath and just enjoy like sitting in a rocking chair with God and just hang out. <laughs> That's definitely not uh, what discipline is. And so as I've gotten older and have gone through more spiritual discipline and understood uh, more of what they are, now I'm finding that it's, it's peace in daily things and peace through those disciplines instead of just doing all the disciplines to get to peace. Hmm. Yeah. That's really insightful because that's, you know, you have this aspect it can become miserable if you are focused on the outcome mm -hmm. and it zaps its joy out of pursuing spiritual maturity and these spiritual habits where the habits themselves have to be joyful. Mm -hmm. You mentioned running. It's like if running's miserable the whole time you're running, well, that's awful. But if you can actually find peace as you're walking or jogging or running and find the joy in that, it's a quite different experience. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And the question for all of us, and just uh, all three of us can comment on this at some point, in our small groups, the, um, the spiritual practice exercise that we did this week was on solitude, which I probably asked you that question prematurely about your hands, but uh, <laughs> I have a little hard time differentiating solitude from meditation, but um, whatever. Um, but specifically in the midst of this global pandemic that we're in, it seems that we're all uh, already being forced into a solitude of some kind. So how does this practice of solitude, um, being alone with God differ from what the pandemic has driven us into? I know that's kind of a long-winded question, but what's the difference between just being forced into it and actually choosing to spend time with God? Either one of you. Yeah, I'll jump in there. For solitude, a lot of time we think it, for some solitude practices, we're thinking, okay, I'm going to take my phone or I'm going to take a good book or I'm going to take this item to do. And a lot of us all have our quarantine 
joys. Like right now I'm playing chess every day and it's fun or my son or someone else. And so that is a great time investor, right? Because it's, it's exercising my brain, but there's a difference between getting alone and doing an activity and getting alone for the sake of pursuing God, or at least doing it with God. And I think that's the, the nuance for me is the intentionality to invest in that relationship with God, to be still enough to listen rather, rather than filling my mind with as many materials as I can, a song or music or books or any other medium. It's slowing down enough to be basically uncomfortable quiet and see what surfaces, to see what comes up and inviting God into that space. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Sarah? Yeah, I think Matt hit the nail on the head with that. Um, I definitely, when thinking about the pandemic and, and stillness, I was excited initially to have the opportunity to sit in more solitude. But I think for me and for most people, especially college students, it's been such a season of isolation. And so I think there's a huge difference between isolation that is leaving us empty, where we feel like we're forced to do something with our time, even though we're feeling alone, rather than the choice of being alone and having that time with God that's leaving us with something greater than, than isolation would. And I like, I think that for me, it definitely leaves me more hopeful when I'm making the choice to be having that time with God and in solitude instead of isolating myself. Yeah, that's great. Just that uh, there's, there's a word that you used, Matt, uh, investment. So we're investing in something and, um, and Sarah, you, you use the, the example or the description of slowing down on purpose. And I think that although we're all in a pandemic and we all say we're investing time in ourselves because we're forced into this or we're slowing down, but we weren't doing it for a purpose because we had to. Uh, we right. were kind of like shoved into our house and uh, told to stay there. Um, so it's, it's just really interesting how the three of us are looking at solitude just a little bit differently, but we're all wired differently. So we should be looking at things differently, right? Um, for that, on that note, let's, let's get a little personal here. Um, which, if any of the spiritual disciplines, which one or ones are you living out right now in January, 2021? And how are you addressing it? What's your secret sauce to make it work for you? Either one of you. You want to go first, Sarah? Yeah. Uh, for me, I've been focusing a lot more on worship, I think, in the, in the past month. Because we haven't been meeting in person, it's been hard for me to get into digital worship. But definitely over the last couple of weeks, I've been getting better at it, listening to music more in the car and just taking more moments, music or not, to be worshiping God and and trying to live that out every single day. Um, I think confession too. I am such a person that seeks truth, but when it comes to uh, acknowledging my own insecurities or my own faults, it gets very challenging. And so having those moments about weekly of being like, okay, like what's been going on with me this week and having that time of self-reflection to be able to bring it myself fully to God and, and give him my life every day, every week has been really, really helpful this past month. That's Challenging, great. but helpful. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Yeah. I've, I've really liked the challenge to incorporate God into every aspect of daily life and embracing that grace in this series. And so in January, in a very real perspective, I try to make the first words out of my mouth directed towards God every day. 
or at least my thoughts, even before I get out of bed. And then I have been, uh, I got a mixed goal. I mentioned this to you guys earlier that I have a hand coffee grinder, which takes me 12 minutes to grind my coffee while I'm walking to get my 10,000 steps, which is my fitness goal. And uh, I listen to the Bible every day. So that's about 15 minutes of content just in that section. So I start my day with those three habits, but I've made it an enjoyable rhythm. And so for every day this year, just grinding coffee while I'm walking, reflecting on the Bible there. Um, This year, I started the year fasting for a day. And so I know you're not supposed to tell people when you fast, but the first day of every month this year, I want to fast because there's just something about um, depriving an appetite because our appetites are for everything, whether it's affection or attention or financial or anything like that. Our appetites really draw us to give something up for God or to choose that thing for God. And so for me, that's a monthly rhythm for this year that I'll do. And that has found its importance. That wasn't something I grew up doing. And if I did do it, it was to get something. It was, I'm going to really focus on prayer and get this outcome and get this decision made where now it's more so just to define what I really need for my substance is God more than anything else I can insert in that box. And so I try to identify that craving, that issue and, and surrender that to God. So those are my real life things. It is truly Bible trying to pray more, inviting God in every moment, fasting, those things. That's great. I, I, I learned a lot from both of you. I, I took a couple, a couple notes while you were talking and then I forget what I was going to say. Uh, I, I mentioned before that I had tried prayer as a discipline. So in 2020, um, one of my goals was to uh, pray more often, to make prayer just part of who I was. Um, and that, that worked to some extent, but I think that um, just being in the scripture more and praying the scripture, I think is something that um, I want to learn how to do because it's God's words to us and praying them back to him just reinforces what he's teaching us. So I think I just want to deepen my prayer life a bit. And for fasting, Matt, I'm with you. The fasting that I've done in the past, um, I haven't done it a lot, but uh, the fasting from food that I've done in the past has been about getting something out of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if I fast, God, you'll do this. And if I fast, you'll give me the answer to that versus just fasting and worship. Um, I've also did one fast one time I was leading a a group of young women and they decided to fast from Instagram. And I said, I'll join you. At the time, I did not even have an Instagram account. (laughs) So I was thinking, I'll just show them that I can do it too. (laughs) I definitely have learned uh, to be more uh, authentic since that time. But um, anyway, I'm going to try that whole, I don't know when, I'm just prayerfully trying to find that rhythm too about fasting because I think it's a really great habit to get into. And one of the things I wanted to mention, in one of your responses, Matt, you used the word behavior and habits to describe your disciplines. And I think that's a really easy way to look at this. I mean, disciplines is such a big, heavy word. Mm-hmm. But if you talk about just the behaviors and the habits I get into, I think it might be easier for all of us lay people to understand that we're just developing really good habits that point us towards God. Yeah. That was really great wording. Yeah. It's helpful for me when you think of your life, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, you're really, the way to get successful in any of those areas, it is through habits that really can enhance where you're at and not just looking at as a punishment, but really looking at it 
And I do think the benefit holistically, as opposed to getting something out of it, you know, I think everybody, when they first start exercising, they want to measure themselves and they, they walk in front of a mirror slowly and like, am I, am I changing? Am I shifting? Am I, am I stiffening up? Is this great? And we want to do that same thing spiritually. Like, okay, well, God, if I pray, and admittedly, even this week, we were doing that solitude exercise, uh -huh. we talked a little bit about it today. Like, I really want to hear from God in the next 50 minutes when I'm giving silence and it's nothing but specific direction and God, I'm giving you my full attention for 60 minutes. So I expect a return on this investment <laughs> and that's not how it works. And yeah. <laughs> I wish it did. I wish it was equal for equal. Right. But that's not, it's not how it works. Yeah. Excuse me, God, while you're keeping the earth spinning, mm -hmm. could you just, you know, yep. help aren't me? you impressed God? Yeah. <laughs> Look here, God, I'm, I'm doing the most spiritual Look thing. At me. Look at me. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, you know why I love these podcasts? Um, I love doing them because we can learn so much from each other, no matter where we are in our walk in life. It's just, so I want to keep this going. So Matt's going to be putting up a, a Facebook link um, for all of you to like join in the conversation. Just let us know what works for you, what habits, behaviors, slash disciplines uh, you're diving into or trying out or, or even have questions about. That would even be great. Um, so just watch for that on Facebook. Um, so any last words of encouragement from you guys to our listeners? Something my small group has been talking about a lot as we've been starting to get to know each other over the past couple weeks is accountability. And so I'm excited to see this week how we are planning to have, like keep that accountability going as we're talking about spiritual disciplines. I think it's really important and I'm really excited to see where we go with it. Hmm. That's great. How about That's you, great. Matt? Yeah. I think for me it would be the nuance of the habits where it's just the most dangerous thing you can do is find someone who is way ahead of you in these spiritual disciplines and how they practice them and really strive to be like them initially or immediately. It is truly like you want to learn how to run and you're going out with a distance runner who does 10 miles. Uh, one of the books that I wanted to reference was Gary Thomas. He wrote a book called Sacred Pathways. And he has some custom ways in which you interact with God that are very nuanced for individuals where someone may love to go out in nature and hike and connect with God and pray. Others really like a liturgical setting where they have rote prayers and things like that. Others are pursued by justice if they can make a statement or make a stand for God in some direction. And so there's really, really so many different ways to connect with God. And as our book said, you know, God uniquely makes each of us and he uniquely remakes us to become more like his son. Yeah. And so, Make this an enjoyable process, find your niche, interact with scripture, not just in a Bible with set times, but listen to worship music that's focused on scripture. You know, like you said, get a daily text of the day. There's so many ways to encounter God now. That's just, it could be a beautiful thing and an encouraging thing. So just yeah. encouraging folks to keep talking about it, keep journeying yeah. and enjoy it. That's awesome advice. Thanks guys. Um, for me, just, um, the thing that, that I have appreciated the most about my walk and how my, I've learned from it is way, way back, somebody said, get up really early in the morning and read the Bible. Um, well, I wasn't a morning person, but I would drag myself out of bed in a bad mood with my hair sticking straight out. And, you know, and as soon as I was done reading, I would get back in bed. <laughs> so I realized that the morning probably wasn't the right time for me. Um, so I learned to adjust that. But then years later, where I am right now in life, this season, the early morning is my gift 
from God, where I can sit by the window and watch the sun come up, just watch everything light up as I'm opening his, his Bible, his word to me. So it just, it might change how you look at your spiritual discipline, how you look at your habit that you want to create over time, over seasons of life, over situations that you're in, working, not working, with kids, without kids. So just be patient with yourself with each season that God has a way for you to connect with him. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so we're finishing up. Um, thanks, Sarah, for jumping in with us. We were thrilled to have you. Um, and we'll see you again on the podcast. You cannot escape us now. Uh, please know that Sarah is also leading um, a young professionals group on, when, on Tuesday nights, right? Yeah, 7 p.m. So, so connect with her if you want to jump in and uh, get some Bible um, from people, from women and men, right? It's a mixed group mm -hmm. um, that are in the same season of life that you are. Uh, remember, parents, if you're looking for a fun connection for your kids, she's the person to get in touch with. So that's a wrap for us here at Experience Christian Church, our podcast. And I'm so glad you came to join us. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope something you heard today will draw you closer to God and encourage you to know him better. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe, write a review, and consider sharing it with someone else. If there's anything we can do for you, a question we can talk through with you, a prayer we can say on your behalf, or a need you have, please don't hesitate to let us know. Text ECC info to 94000 or connect at our website, experiencecc.org. We are better together. Connect with us soon. See you next time on the Experience Christian Church Podcast. Take care.